my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I am one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hi, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, it's Patreon week this week. What are we going to review? Well, Dave, we're going back to 1993, which actually surprised me because I thought this was late 1990s. But 1993, it was originally written by Quentin Tarantino and it's directed by Tony Scott. And it's starring the rather beautiful Patricia Arquette and Christian Slater, Dave. And this one is True Romance. So have you seen this one before, Dave? Or have you got any stories about this? Well, I'll just mention it's Daniel Herbert's uh, choice, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah, that's what I meant as well. Well done, Dan. <laughs> One of us so is organised. Dan had emailed us in a while ago, and he was saying, you know, I think he was calling me out in particular, that you're supposed to be this massive Quentin Tarantino fan, but you never mentioned, like, true romance. So... I remember going back, it must have been 94, 95-ish when I got this out of the video shop, and you know, I was a massive Reservoir Dogs fan, and then, you know, got wind of this, that it was written by Tarantino as well. This is, yeah, it must have been, must have been beginning of 94, so this would have been before Pulp Fiction came out, and this one came out, and then I watched it. And I just didn't take to it at all. There was something about it, and I think, I, I I can't say for certain, but I think there's a particular scene near the end, which is quite graphic, quite gruesome. And I think at the time, it was just a bit too much for me. Um, so that's why I literally watched it that once and uh, didn't watch it again and just didn't really ever fancy going back because it, it's like a... Because it's not directed by Tarantino, it felt to me just like a, a bit of a knockoff. I mean, Tony Scott, obviously brother of the the slightly more famous Ridley Scott, you know, he's done some bloody films, hasn't he? You know, Top Gun, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Days of Thunder, uh, Last Boy Scout, Chris, he did the Legend. year, or oh, a couple of years before, Enemy of the State. He's done a lot of big blockbusters, but... All of those scream to me like just this kind of action movie. Whereas the things I like about Tarantino, it's more about kind of the camera work, how he builds tension in a scene, um, as, as well as just the writing. So, yeah, it, it just all of these things just added up to me not really wanting to go back. But I tell you what, it's like spoilers. I am absolutely glad. Uh, Dan did choose this one, and we'll get into more of that as we as we go in. But how about yourself, Chris? Yeah, it's funny, Dave, because I think I was on an, a Tarantino kick at the time. I'd got so when me and Sam got together in '98, I don't I'd ever really noticed this movie at all. I don't remember ever seeing it in the video shop, and like as I've said loads of times on this, I used this podcast that I used to go religiously. We had that competition where we had a video a night. We used to have to rent and all that. I've never seen it, and and it got to like ninety eight. Me and Sam got together first May ninety eight, and we've been together for a few weeks. And then it was like, right, we're going on a date. So we decided that I mean, we were literally practically living with each other by then, Dave. But it was like we're going out. So we went to see Jackie Brown, which I think I've told the story was he was either that or Titanic, and me trying to be his macho nineteen <laughs> year old because I was going to have a twenty six year old. Like I'm not going to a film where I cry. So we went to see that. But previously, just before that, I'd had. True Romance on... Oh, that was it. Yes, this the story, Dave. Sorry, I, I had it on video. I, I apologise. I had it on video. It's come back to me now. And I lent it to Sam. And it was before we got together. That's it. Coming in completely not prepared on this one, Dave. It's come right back H, to me mid-podcast. It comes to us all. It does. So, you know what I used to say to you? <laughs> I had that Mr... And I'm quoting Mr Smith next door from Britannia Videos, Dave. Well, I think I had it. I, did, oh, I, didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't see it in 93. I think I got it in about 98. That was it. And I, I actually didn't see it the first time round. 
we've never seen. So I lent it to Sam a couple of months before we got together. And when we went to see Jackie Brown, she gave it me back and said, here's your video. And I completely forgot by this time we were going out and everything. And it's always stayed with me. And Sam was like the first movie, the connection together. And we did watch it when I first got with her as well. That was it after Jackie Brown. But it was completely a movie that meant so much to us. So much so that... I'm so glad she doesn't listen to these podcasts, Dave, because the Blu-ray director's cut DVD Blu-ray I've had for months, and I sent you a little picture of it, has had to be opened, and Sam thinks we're watching it together. So uh, we're not watching it together, Dave, and I hope she doesn't see on our social media because I'm going to get a right whack on the head. Well, you uh, just you just have to make sure you squeeze it in this weekend, the, uh, the watching, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, I can't squeeze nothing in. But anyway, <laughs> the thing is, I did, I did message you back dinner and say, I'm just blaming it on you, Dave. So I'm going to yeah. blame it all on Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so it does it means a lot to me a lot and i i I loved it in the 90s so yeah definitely a great film awesome so so yeah you watched it a bit after as well and tarantino would have had um he'd have had jackie brown out at the time as well so yeah again for me this this was watching them kind of in order so i i think watching it back now there are more of the the Tarantino uh, tells, if you like. You can sort of tell it's written by Tarantino, um, but mainly from the movies that came afterwards. You know, so at the time I'd only watched uh, Reservoir Dogs, and again, it's just it's completely different to me. If you've got gangsters and they're shooting each other, and you've got like a, a you know Mr. Blonde, he's he's sort of torturing the cop and stuff. That's in my brain, that is a different violence than when you get violence with women. It just, and, and like I say, I, that, that was one of the things that turned turned me off when I'd watched it in, the, in those early 90s. Not saying that I'm just cool as beans with it now, like, you know what I mean? But <laughs> 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 But yeah, so, anyway, Chris... Should we get into our trailer? Let's go. From the director of Top Gun and Beverly Hills Cop 2. Hello, baby! baby. Clarence? I'm a married man, buddy. <laughs> a con man. Ask him if he got the letter. Did you get the letter? What letter? No time, Tom. We gotta go. A call girl. You call for a day? Huh? four-alarm fire or what? She seems very nice. What are you doing in L.A. Annie, huh? And a suitcase full of trouble. My name is Vincent Cocotti. I work as consul for Mr. Blue Lou Boyle, the man your son stole from. Now, all that stands between them and their wildest dreams. Find out who this winging a prayer artist is and take him off at the neck. Are 60 cops. 40 agents. He's a wild man, this kid Clarence. I like him. 30 mobsters. I haven't killed anybody since 1984. And a few thousand bullets. We're all gonna die here. These are cops. Put it down. Put it down. Put it down. Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken. Slow it down, man. In a Tony Scott film. I think what you did, I think what you did was so romantic. Not since Barney and Clyde have two people been so good at being bad. True romance. At a Detroit theatre showing kung fu films, Alabama Whitman strikes up a conversation with Elvis Presley fanatic Clarence Worley. They later have sex at Clarence's downtown apartment, and Alabama tearfully confesses that she's a call girl hired by Clarence's boss as a birthday present. But she's fallen in love with Clarence, Chris. And they marry. What do you make to the opening of this one? Dave, let's get the elephant out of the room. 
Patricia Arquette, I literally fell in love with on this movie. She is beautiful in this film. Abs- the first scene you see of her, Dave, and I'm sorry, but how would have been? So I said when I was 17, 18, when I saw this, or 19, Dave, many a fantasy over that lady, I've got to say. That dress, <laughs> Marilyn Monroe style, absolutely stunning. And yeah. It's a great start to the movie. It feels he's got... If you watch you watch this in 98, there is no fucking way you are 17. No. 19, <laughs> Dave. 19. I wasn't 20 until the November. Anyway. Um, oh. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> trying to make out you younger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to go back to 93, Dave, when I was 15. But anyway, if it had been 15, fuck me. You'd been fucking covered in tissue paper in that day. But, but she's beautiful. No, she is. And I, I, I always remember in this thing, she was stunning. And I remember that something of Christ thing that she did a few years later. Is it Stigmata? Sorry, I think she was Stigmata, in. She was quite yeah, uh, yeah. attractive in that. And I've said, and she's always one of the people I look out for because I honestly, I was obsessed with her after this movie. I, I honestly thought she's stunning. stunning. She was totally off my radar as, as an actress and, and just being a, a pervy uh, teenager, Dave, or nearly an adult. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> No, I, I think it's, that's really... Christian Slater had always liked as well. Like, you know, I know he's in Young Guns too and that, but I'd always been on the radar with him. And and I think it's got t- Tarantino's DNA all over it, Dave. I know Tony Scott does it and Tarantino sold the rights to the movie. He was going to direct it, wasn't he? And then sort of give it all up and sold it. But it feels as if at times Tarantino's behind the lens because it's the music. I mean, the cast, it's got to be one of the best casts in a movie. Just for yeah. pure talent, unbelievable, whether they're in it for five minutes or not. Honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm going to completely shoot my load, Dave, and not over Patricia Arquette. Is The film is fantastic. It still holds up to this day. Yeah. Um, now, I'm going to disagree with you on one thing. It doesn't feel to me like Tarantino's behind the lens but in that opening scene, I, I talked about, you know, going watching the Kung Fu movie, but that comes after the initial scene where, you know, Christian Slater, so uh, Clarence's, Clarence's character, is talking to that woman. And he's sort of made out to be this, like, comic book guy, bit of a nerd, you know, Elvis fanatic. But, you know, he's just chilling out and then he... He snatches defeat from the jaws of victory, doesn't he? He's chatting up that woman. She seems kind of interested. And then he says, you know, do you want to come and watch this Kung Fu movie? It's like I'm in a mirror, Chris. (laughs) 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 You know, this comic nerd who's into Kung Fu movies as well. Uh, Not so much Elvis, but, you know, uh, we can get past that. And then I, I'd sort of forgotten what the what the main story is. Like I say, I watched this years ago, um, many more years than I'd care to think. So, so yeah, I'd forgot that like she was the whole coal girl and stuff like that. I mean, you've got to be asking questions, though, haven't you, Chris? This smoking hot girl just comes up to you. You're watching a fucking kung fu movie. There's one other person in the theatre. <laughs> it's <just> like. Uh, <laughs> I have some questions, as Gareth Keenan might say. (laughs) Brilliant. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just going with it. But I I just think that opening scene where Clarence is talking away there, that was very, very Tarantino. And then, you know, it it goes together. They have a one-night stand and fall in love. You know, again, you've, you've got to just go with it, haven't you? I feel like that was a... A little bit 80s, but that's probably just the old cynical me. Where it starts to really diverge, I I think for me, is when Patricia Arquette is, you know, she's Alabama, so she's getting all teary, she's crying away, and, you know, Clarence is trying to comfort her and stuff. You get this Hans Zimmer music with the old steel drums. So... This is a really emotional scene. And then you've got these, like, you know, this, this like, steel drum music, like, out of fucking Commando, that, that was just relentlessly through that movie. I just think it just didn't work at all. I, I thought it was completely misplaced and, and completely didn't get that scene. And I just felt like someone like Tarantino would have made that scene hit home harder. It's interesting because I like the the music, that sort of drum 
music. You know that it's like Jamaican the steel drum, the steel drum yeah, thing, yeah. and everything. Yeah, I, I think it works quite well with it. It's like a simplistic. It's like a, almost an up tempo thing for because the film isn't up tempo. It's weird that, isn't it? Horses for courses, I suppose. But I do, I do. <laughs> Are you taking the piss with that? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Are you trying to say horses for courses? You know we get called out on Twitter every time we say it. <laughs> No, I don't say it, Dave. That's the first I've ever said it, if you don't mind. But uh, no, I don't think oh, it is. Dave, Guys, I was, I, wait, hang on. Message us in. I am sure. So Max started it, but I'm pretty sure you've been I, uttering the, uh, I have, the horses for courses. Honestly, I have never said horses for courses ever. That's the first time I've stolen it from you, Dave. But What's while we're recording... Fuck <laughs> you, not horse shit. Anyway, so Dave, <laughs> fuck off, right? Listen, listen. You put me off my fucking stroke here. So um we've got a live poll at the moment, Dave. Have you seen the live poll on Twitter? I have not. Is this one of your Friday specials? So let me just tell you, it's a Friday special. I've left it slightly open. It's not completely all on you for a change. So it's not like you're getting called out for once. I thought, you know what? I'm gonna be be nice to today. It's Friday. It's Prosecco o'clock. I don't want to be, you know, an absolute bastard. So, so this is, this is, don't look at Twitter, Dave, as we're talking. So I've put, let's do a Friday poll. Very important decisions to be made. And this is it, Dave. Who would win in a hundred meter race? So I've put these four options, Dave. We have Dave Snail Horrocks, Chris Bolt Phelps, Bobby Davro or Rod Hull and Emu? <laughs> Rod Hull and Emu are joint first with me, Dave. <laughs> now, you know how slow I am, Dave, so it is a false, a false fucking ball. <laughs> I think you'd beat me fucking running backwards, but that's not the point, Dave. So at the moment, you're on 5.9% and Bobby Davro has more points. He's got 23.5% of the votes. <laughs> you, better get your, you better get your burner accounts open, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I'm all right, we're losing this one. <laughs> Brilliant. But anyway, Chris. So, so I guess we'll we'll agree to disagree on that one. But I just felt, you know, the, the, Alabama. She's a, a shit point in her, in her life. She as, as obviously she doesn't like what she's doing. Yeah. She's only done it, what did she say, four times before or something like that? She, she only just started it. And then she's met, you know, this great guy, it seems. And she's just broken down. It's like her whole life shit. And then you've got this Jamaican fucking paradise steel drum music going on. I just think it's it's a bizarre choice. Um, <laughs> I, I just, yeah, don't like it. Are you sure it's not theme music for fucking Ali Jean? It's, sorry, Gary Oldman, Dave, who, who thinks, you know, that he's from Jamaica. Because well. that is an odd... I know Gary Oldman's brilliant and he's a great actor. He looks really young in this, but that is a very strange character that he's playing there, Drexler. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's really... Because... We see that he, he, everyone at the start, we sort of see, don't we, that he's, they think he's just this like um, Rastafarian guy who, who smokes weed, don't give a shit. Next minute, he takes out like Samuel L. Jackson, don't he? he's only in it briefly. He takes out all these people in, in this room and he's obviously, and he takes the, the, the bag of drugs or the case of drugs. That's what the whole film's built around. I do feel yeah. like the film, even though you've got stuff like this going on, it's almost a Romeo and Juliet type film or a, a Bonnie and Clyde, I suppose. Put more more Bonnie and, Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. Sorry, yeah, yeah, probably more that. It's got a touch of both. But yeah, I, I just think the setting's really good. And I think like with, with Clarence, I mean, two top names. Alabama is always going to be a hooker's name, Dave. But Clarence, Clarence the Lions. I've never known anyone called Clarence in a movie. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not the first one that comes to mind, is it? But yeah, I mean Gary Oldman, he's he's brilliant, and <laughs> apparently in one of the uh, one of the deleted scenes, you've got um, Samuel L. Jackson's character calls him White Boy, and that sort of sets him off, and that's why he ends up killed. But this is before this is like uh, almost a. Uh, an inspiration for Ali G, isn't it? Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, he's made out like this Rastafarian, but he absolutely is this white guy. But I'll tell you what, Chris, considering he's hardly in the the movie at all, you know, he's, he's basically Alabama's uh, pimp, 
and you know, a bit of a hard fucker, not not really that worried about kind of knocking some people off. Nasty piece of work, but absolutely the way he's made out, the way he delivers that performance, absolutely iconic. So although I couldn't remember that much about the movie, absolutely remembered him. I, I just in my mind he was in it more than he actually was. Yeah, and I think that's what I think sets this movie apart, Dave. There's many characters in it who are not in it for long, but what they deliver is great. So so I, you know, with me, I think one of the best, the two best performances in this movie is the scene with Dennis Hopper and Christopher uh, Walken. So so I know it got praise. It's so good. It is so good because, you know, Clarence, they get married, they're on the run then. Clarence, um, go, sorry, go see Drexler. He sort of ends up in this disagreement. He's sort of taking the piss out of him, beats the shit out of Clarence, but then he kills Drexler and his henchmen takes what he thinks is a suitcase. He gets one of the hookers. He's like, get get me Alabama's stuff. And it's the stuff full of drugs. So he's been beaten. He gets home and she's like having a pop at him. And he's, he's got the Elvis glasses on because we've got this monologue where Elvis is talking to him, which is Val Kilmer. Off camera, you never actually see his face properly, um, which is just bizarre. This is obviously just before Batman Dave as well, which is his class. So mm. he's in it as a peripheral, like a talking inside his head. But when they go and see... His dad, who's the security guard, which is Dennis Hopper, he's in it for literally 10 minutes. I mean, Dave, it's got to be any father's dream that his son's wife snogs him like that just to say, see ya. I think these films on that, allegedly. Yeah, I think these films on that sort of thing, allegedly. If you read the um, Agony Ant columns, it happens a lot, allegedly. So, But yeah, it, that was a bit weird. But I will say that it leads to the uh, East called Vincenzo Cacotti walking, that he comes into his trailer and they held him hostage, don't they? Because they're trying to find his son. And I think that whole story, that whole scene is brilliant. It lasts about five minutes, but it makes the film and two great actors as well. Yeah. And and they mention a little bit later, Apocalypse Now. And I think Hopper and uh, uh, and Christopher Walken were in that one as well. And, and again, though, the, the kind of Tarantino DNA, you've got these same kind of this same gene pool of actors, you know, Christopher Walken obviously pops pops up in Pulp Fiction, doesn't he? I don't think Dennis Hopper does, but you've got um, you've got Samuel L. Jackson popping up there as well. I th- at some point, we'll have to do Pulp Fiction. You see this watch? Oh <laughs> I just God. love that whole whole uh, scene. Yeah. Um, but you know, you know what made me laugh, Chris, and and you, what I like is, you know, his dad is getting tortured, and he looks like he, he's been on the force, but he he looks like he's like a, a mall cop now, or, or security guard, or what have you. But basically, he knows he's fucked, doesn't he? Yeah, he's not going to give up his son. Um, he knows he's fucked, so he goes through this whole story, which got to admit, you know, it's a bit fucking uncomfortable, isn't it? where he's talking about where the Sicilians came from oh, and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but he is so fucking chilled. And again, can't help but feel that in Tarantino's hands, this scene, you know, the way he's kind of smoking that cigarette and telling the story, I just feel would have hit home a little bit more. But the thing that made me laugh, Chris, so Hopper was a little bit nervous You know, he didn't want to take a gun, so, you know, uh, a gunshot to the face, even though it's blanks and stuff. And Tony Tony Scott was actually like, no, 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 look, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. You know, takes a shot to the face himself, and apparently, like, it it did smack him in the head, and so he's writhing around on the floor (laughs) in agony. And I just thought, if only that could have been captured on camera, because, come on, that is a fucking, that is a comedic scene to unfold, isn't it? I know everyone would have been, uh, you know, very concerned about what's happened, because blood was gushing out his forehead. Um, But it would have been funny, wouldn't it? It's like, come on, look, look, it's fine. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's true in it it's absolutely true stuff like that it's weird you know because watching it again and the setting of it and i know i've got a great perfect blu-ray copy but there's a real 
dusky, hazy effects on the cameras. And obviously that can be from the era, but it feels a bit... You were saying about Last Boy Scout, at times it feels like, it because it's Tony Scott, he shot it in that sort of smoky room effect, if that makes sense. You know, like on The Last Boy Scout, mm. I don't have a... I, I, it makes sense for you to visualise, but I can completely see that he's the same director because it just, at times, it feels like that in a lot of the, the rooms and the hotels and mm-hmm. that, that they're in. But I will say, when when Clarence goes to LA and he goes to see his mate Dick, I mean, that's Michael Rappaport, who's an absolute no. gob, gobshite, Dave. He was in Friends, but he's a gobshite comedian. Like I, the Fire and the Kid podcast, he's been on loads of times and, and, and he does a lot of basketball stuff now. He's a commentator on the basketball, but he's just one of the people you either love him or you fucking hate him. And I think I'm a, I like him on the fight and the kick because he's an idiot, but he's just one of the people. And this is going to sound so bad, Dave, because you're going to go, fuck off, Chris, this is you, but he will not <laughs> shut up, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> shut up, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else is nodding, going, you're fucking right. He's just a mirror of you, but he is just an antagonist prick basically and I've never really been a massive fan but he's like you know how Danny Dyer is basically a professional cockney yes <laughs> I feel like Michael Rappaport is just a professional New Yorker you know and he just kind of he, he's he's got that very very you know heavy New York accent hasn't he but he's kind of I mean he's just playing this shit actor role isn't he <laughs> um, but what I, what I do enjoy because you get Surge don't you? Surge from Beverly yeah. Hills Cop. With a little lemon he twist. In there. Yeah, yeah, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be saving that day, but yeah, you go. <laughs> Sorry, so they get into, uh, they, they get old Surge, and I don't even know what his character's name is. Elliot. In romance, but Elliot. Oh, there we go, Elliot, but he'll always be Surge for me. And, uh, they go on the, uh, the roller coaster, don't they? And Michael Rappaport doesn't like roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently on the second they shot this thing this whole scene for like two days and uh you know they had to like give him something on the second day to calm his nerves and stuff now i didn't spot this but i i, I was just reading up on it later apparently if you can tell like depending on the scene the way when they're cutting back and you can see him in the background you can tell he either looks like he's going to chuck his guts up or he looks quite chilled <laughs> i'm going to have to watch that i didn't even know that <laughs> i thought that was a brilliant bit of uh you know behind the scenes stuff but uh, tell you what chris did you know that this is really considered in that tarantino verse because mr white in reservoir dogs refers to uh alabama Ah, he does as well. Yeah, he does. Yeah, ah, yeah. yeah. Christopher Penn's in it. He's a copper, Dave. You've got... Of course, yeah. The other guy who's been in Tarantino, the other copper who's been in Tarantino movies as well, I can't think of his bloody name now, but he, he's he been in a few... Uh, Tom, Tom Sizemore, he's been in a few things as well. So, um, yeah, interesting. Really is interesting that these people are all within it. And Christopher Penn, he's actually playing a good guy of sorts, isn't it? Because he's a copper. But I, I do think that when when you see it unfold, so, so this movie producer, Lee Donowitz, he wants that he basically Clarence is selling a seller of drugs. He doesn't have a clue how much they're worth. This Donowitz thinks it's bullshit because he's obviously sitting on probably a million or whatever, which they allude to. It's when they go. And everyone is going for them, aren't they? So they've had a few scrapes here and there. And, and I do think, Dave, that the most harrowing scene, and I know what you were talking about at the top of the episode, mm. is with one of the greatest TV characters ever, Dave. He is just Tony Soprano, Jane Gandolfino. <laughs> I only watched The Sopranos last year, and it's one of Feeny. the best. Pardon? Feeney. That's Gandalf. it. That's him. Yeah, that's him. Feeney. That's him as well. Fino. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> him as well. It's his brother, Dave. Uh, but anyway, he, uh, he, one of the, Tony Soprano's one of the greatest characters ever. And I love the Sopranos. So when he comes in this, it's just like he's doing an audition for the Sopranos because it's ridiculous. Like this scene is so gruesome. Have you ever seen a film like this where a woman gets an absolute kick in and be, and be so realistic, Dave, because I think they nail it perfectly. Yeah, it is. It is gruesome. I can't think of another, uh, scene like this. I mean, it took about a week to shoot. Um, and, and it, cause it goes on for ages, doesn't it? You know, and you've got this whole, 
build up to it. You know, it's it's really quite tense. Again, sorry, but I do think Tarantino would have built this up better. Um, but when he's asking her to turn around, he's like, no, turn around the other way. So he can basically walk into a fucking right hook of his. That that was bad enough to set the tone, but it just keeps going on, and he's just beating the shit out of her um, f- for ages, you know. And and you know, she eventually overcomes him in that because he's a big fella, isn't he? You know, and uh, you're wondering how she's going to get out of that because you can see Clarence is is off, you know, negotiating this deal and stuff, and you know, he's nowhere. He can't just come back and save the day or anything so fair play to her she does you know she ends up killing him off but yeah fucking gruesome and i can't i can't think of certainly anything that we've watched um on the vhs strikes back where you know a woman gets such a severe beating as this yeah because you're right. You might see a slap here and there, but not a full-on fucking right hooks and bloody all sorts. He absolutely pummels her. I mean, she gives a good account, and eventually she does kill him, doesn't she? She hits him with the toilet seat and then gets the shotgun and just fucking blasts him in the face, doesn't she? So, And he was called Virgil in this. Um, James Gandolfini, Dave, yeah? Virgil, not, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so it, it really great character. And again, another character who's only in it for five minutes... But the five minutes is so iconic, like you said earlier, Dave. It's really impactful on the, on the movie. And I think that's what I like about this is you've got these people who come in it and they're not just throwaway characters. They actually mean something to the movie. Mm. The only thing I would say, continuity-wise, is bullshit, is she's hardly got a fucking scratch on her when they go to Donowitz's house, Dave. You know, she's been absolutely pummeled and she's sort of saying she did it playing basketball or something. He, he punched her right in the nose, like we would have broke both and uh, broke both and we would have given her a black eye. <laughs> both her noses. <laughs> Can I just why I've got two myself, Dave? But no, it's, uh, he would have given her proper black eyes. He levered her and, and she bounced back. She did have, I, I tell you what I noticed. They, they gave her like proper, like a big fat lip. Yeah. So I think I don't think it was great. I think it's almost to the point of like cartoon violence, isn't it? Or No Retreat, No Surrender Three, where uh, Avedon takes a bullet and then he just shakes it off, runs it off, <laughs> <laughs> like you do. Yeah. yeah. But you're right. She would have been black and blue because he beat the living shit out of her. She does her eyes all closed and stuff when she takes off her. Uh, her sunglasses, her eye is all closed. But the amount of bruising and swelling after that beating, uh, yeah, it's it's not... The continuity is not great. But, again, it's kind of an action film, isn't it? So, uh, you know, I, I just put it into that bucket of, yeah, unrealistic, but so was everything else at the time. Well, that's very true, actually, Dave. I, I think I'm thinking too much on that because I think when we get to this, we get a proper... Russian standoff where everyone appears in the room, don't we? So we've got uh, Clarence there with Alabama, Donowitz, these two big hefty security guards. The guy with the ponytail, Dave, looks like Triple H. Yeah, it's the guy who danced with Stifler in American Pie 3, Dave. So That's uh, him. Yeah. Oh, that's, it was it, bugging me. Yeah, yeah that's it him. was the dance-off, wasn't it? Yeah, the dance-off. Yeah, he's, yeah. actually, he's actually a dad in one of the Disney shows Jordan used to watch as well. I can't remember, but yeah, it's him, the big hefty guy, big gearhead. But yeah, it's interesting because obviously we get the cops come in we get the italian mob and then that donowitz says something because elliot's become an informant because ridiculous he's driving a a porsche with this obviously this hooker he's got a load of coke on him dave and he says store it you know like i don't know what where he wanted to store it i dread to think but he ends up being an informant because he's covered in coke don't he and that's how they they break the thing and break this he sings sings like a canary that that was just a bit yeah again for these gritty Tarantino movies that was just a bit of comedy for me that I don't think I needed yeah I agree it was just a bit silly wasn't it you know again like just put it in the glove box you know but the fact that he ends up absolutely covered in coke just before the policeman gets there it's almost like I don't know it's like Jim Carrey and Liar Liar or something like that isn't it it's just just a bit silly and for me I, I didn't think it fit no, and I, and I think we were laughing about him being in Beverly Hills Cop. The first Beverly Hills Cop was quite gritty. The second, a bit of comedy. 
The third one, this would have fit right into it because it's absolute shit, the third Beverly Hills Cop. But this <laughs> this sort of stupidness would have gone in it. And I agree, it was really, that is the one thing that stands out as being completely off and very thin for the plot because the plot's moved along really, really well. But obviously, everyone starts firing because Donowitz sort of causes an issue and, and then it just kicks off and everyone pretty much gets shot. You know, Clarence takes one to the eye, so we think we think he's dead. Obviously, Alabama comes out. Dick throws the coke in the air. He does a runner, Michael Rappaport. Mm. And everyone is lay on the floor. And then, obviously, Penn is still alive. The, the cop next to him, he takes one on the stomach, says, you're going to be all right. In the, That was quite good. On the sofa mm. with the with the uh, feathers in that day. Very clever. And then Penn takes one then. He ends up getting killed by Alabama. So there's only them two alive, really. But bar one, who's got a hostage in the foyer. Yeah, so you'd saying about Chris Penn being a good guy in this. I mean, I don't think he really was, was he? I mean, all right, we just had this uh, standoff, but then he takes out... I can't remember, who, who does he take out? He, he took someone out pretty much in cold blood. And then that was just before Alabama killed him off. And so, you know, again, he just did it out of rage, you know, and I'm not sure police should be doing that. No, he was thinking, you're right, it was Stifler's dance partner, Dave. That's who he took yeah, out. Yeah, he was, yeah. He was behind the bar. But yeah. Oh, glad, and, you, glad you told me that. I, I, I well, just yeah. didn't know who that was and where I recognised him from. Yeah, and, and you know what, though, Dave, as well? <sighs> Again, apparently Tarantino didn't end the film the way it ends. He had it that I think probably all got killed Clarence or something. Clarence died. Yeah, Cloudy Clarence. I knew it wasn't yeah, the same yeah. as what we saw, but we do get the happy ending and the way that... They just because he got glasses and he got his blood everywhere, he can hardly stand up. The worst coppers in the world, fucking stormtrooper levels of incompetence, Dave. And they just drive right past him and this girl with a suitcase as they're running in. It's nonsense, isn't it? He's got blood streaming down his fucking eye. He would have been straight in their line of sight because they're right next to him because they're driving on the left hand side, America. And not one cop out of them, three cars that passed him went, hang on a minute, where are you going, son? You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. It's very, yeah. very far from. And you can get over the Mexican border, Dave, with a, a band bandage around your eyes and everything. No one says a word, Dave. Straight in, happily I mean, ever I after. I suspect you probably probably can, can't you? From dusk till dawn, you know they they got in okay. So so yeah, I think uh, yeah, it was a bit of bollocks that wasn't it? And the fact that you can take a bullet to the to the eye and just be all right, just you know, don't need any hospital or anything. But yeah, so I, and but I think Tarantino was okay with it. You know, he was kind of okay with this uh, interpretation of it. Whereas Natural Born Killers, Chris, this and True Natural Born Killers and True Romance started off as the same script, oh, did they? and then ended up uh, they ended up splitting them out uh, to be separate. But he he can't stand Natural Born Killers. Whereas he, he's okay with this one. so But I think both of those things, he, he was obviously, you know, he was early in his career, so he had to sell uh, the script. And I, I couldn't really find, some some places say 50 grand, others say like 10 grand, that's how much he sold the script for. But uh, he, he sold it for like the, the cheapest amount that you can uh, sort of sell a script for. Um, but yeah, certainly Natural Born Killers, that went, towards his decision to say like if i'm going to write a movie i'm going to direct it as well it's unbelievable that isn't it unbelievable like, what, how things over years it, they change or you get information like that dave the power of the internet i love it i love reading these rabbit yeah. holes we talked about was you know we did superman 4 last week on the comics emotion <laughs> unbelievable backstory to that shit show of a film but again brilliant a great podcast for us to to review together i had a really good laugh listening back on that actually and that's not being a a narcissist that was really funny but so yeah. interesting the backstory and i've still got to watch them extra scenes i, I promised i'd watch them if it then i haven't but this again dave it's great when you've got this sort of little bit of a backstory to it all and and honestly i, I did i enjoyed this movie it, it was it's been great that uh, we actually got picked it this week I'm, I'm really really pleased that dan picked it dave it's been really good yeah no it's been awesome well chris should we get into our final review let's go So, Dave, I am actually intrigued by what you think on this one because I know we've both said it and, and there's been a couple of little nitpicks that we've 
thing you did in the film, but overall, I, I think it's it's up there. So what did you think of this? Well, I have to say, first of all, thanks to today's producer, our Patreon backer, Dan, because, uh, and, and not just the usual, you know, obviously it goes without saying thanks so much for supporting us, really appreciate it, and it goes for all of our Patreons as well. But I, I'm not sure if he knew that I was probably, I had a blind spot for this, and, you know, I was ignoring this as a, a, an untapped gem. Um, but yeah, from watching it that first time, I just had this, you know, idea that it, it didn't really feel like Tarantino to me. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't particularly good. And like I say, the, that particular scene with Patricia Arquette getting the crap beaten out of her just turned my stomach a bit. So I didn't really have a desire to go back and watch it. I really enjoyed it, Chris. <laughs> From that first scene, I, I think uh, it's less obvious with the first scene, I think. Uh, but I, I was just in, and it just felt like you could tell it was Tarantino. It just had his fingerprints all over it. And when you start to get the reoccurring actors coming in as well, and some of the dialogue, the back and forth, uh, you know, they're kind of having multiple players in play at the time. So, you know, you, you're not too sure it's not just like you know you've got the goodies and the baddies kind of thing it's just I, I like the way they knitted all those characters together so I I did have a few nitpicks I still maintain the the kind of steel drum music is inappropriate when you're having a heartfelt uh, emotional moment it's not appropriate there when you're coming out the other side when Alabama and Clarence decide you know they're they are in love with each other. Okay, then kick in the steel drums. Not before. Um, tell you who else we haven't mentioned, Chris, but Brad Pitt obviously yeah. plays a, a little bit of a role here as well. Um, and I thought that, you know, he played a great little stoner role. I don't think, you know, a few years on, he wouldn't be able to play that, would he? And I don't, uh, I don't know how many stoners you know who are absolutely jacked like he was, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, good little role there, and nice bit of sound garden on the soundtrack as well. It cost him a, a pretty penny, I believe. Now, I don't think this is you know right at the top. This isn't a cloud city for me, but this is a really strong Pleasantville. I've not watched this for over twenty years now, um, but I'll I definitely it won't be that long before I watch it again. This, for me, watching it this time, it does feel like it's in the Tarantino-verse. And, uh, yeah, absolutely delighted that, that uh, Dan chose this one because, you know, you keep stitching me up with crap. <laughs> <laughs> so it was nice to actually watch something and be surprised at how good it was. Um, so, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Chris, how about yourself? Well, Dave, just before I give my uh, score, I just want to thank not only Dan, but all our other Patreons today. Uh, as always, the great Tony Farina, Brent from the Cinema Chat Podcast, John Hammond, Blake, Maff, Jax, uh, obviously Dan, we've got Lucky Lulu Green, and we have a new Patreon, Dave. We have, and like Lucky Lulu Green, we have another patron who's come over from our cd reality podcast so the amazing kent gustafson's come over and sponsored us and gone straight in at the top gun dave so big thanks to him and also we're just in negotiations aren't we with him of what his pick's going to be down the line so uh stay tuned on that one guys so welcome kent as well and big thank you for supporting us across two podcast mates phenomenal so thank you from both of us it's brilliant, isn't it? It's so humbling. <laughs> you know, we, me and you just have these. Chris, since the mid-2000s, we've been having chats like this. Obviously, you know, for a while we lost contact, didn't we? But, uh, you know, the fact that people like joining in the conversation with us is uh, is so humbling. Now, Chris, come on. I'm dying to know where are you going to place this one. <laughs> oh, I'm being boring, Dave, because I agree with you. I think it's a phenomenal film. I think it's the setting is great. I actually like the music. I think I've sat on it. For, I've must have sat on this Blu-ray for about six years and not watched it. I've not watched this film for about maybe 15 years, Dave. It was one of them ones that was always on a rotation because it meant so much to me and Sam. We'd, we'd Not every year, but we'd periodically put it on or if it was on the TV or on Sky Movies, we'd watch it it's always been there but I, have to, I say it must be about 10-15 years I've not seen it now 
great movie, fantastic. Patricia Arquette is stunning, absolutely stunning in it. Christian Slater, brilliant. Everyone is fantastic. I do think the Dennis Hopper, Christopher Walken scene, even though there's some really inappropriate language, the whole acting in that is fantastic. The fact that he knows he's going to die and he's just stringing him along because he's trying to save his son is Mm. is brilliant. It's so well made. And I know you said you didn't feel like it had Tarantino over it. For me, it did. It feels very much, like you said, the diner scene at the start is almost Reservoir Dogs, isn't it? You know, they're all sat around the table, that sort of monologue, and even Pulp Fiction as well, that... Yeah, the, in the diner was really, it was like Tim Roth and I can't remember the actress's name in Pulp Fiction. Yes. You know, all right, honey bunny kind of thing. I, it really reminded me of that. It was. It's, it's her out of Dust Till Dawn, isn't it? Um, no, it's not. not no, it's not. Lewis. It's not Juliet Lewis. It's, oh gosh, what's her name? It's going to bug me now. Anyway, yes, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. People are going to be screaming at us now going, it's, it's her, but... Anyway, I totally get it. Honey Bunny, Dave. Just call her Honey Bunny. But but yeah, I, I agree. It's a great movie. I, I did. It was you who was trying to... <laughs> get out uh, of it. Yeah, forget it, Dave. Forget like, it. Fumbling. <laughs> You're going to be editing this later going, Chris, you dickhead. But anyway... I'm not editing any of that. <laughs> no, editing, Dave. No, no. So anyway... Um, um, I agree with you, though. It isn't top tier for me. It's, it is just below. It's going to... Um, Pleasantville again because I, I think it's just, it's such a good movie and it is definitely anybody out there has not seen it it is honestly it, it hopefully should really impress you because it's just got everything that I want in a movie and I definitely will be watching it again the next couple of years so yeah really really strong pick and big thanks to Dan as well for picking this because I've loved going back on this because it does mean a lot to me for, for like me and Sam so thank you mate uh, really good now we have had Sorry, Dave, go on. So, so uh, we were actually, just before we were in the break there, we were talking about plumbers, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> so the actress's name is Amanda Plummer. Oh, Dave, come on. I thought you. I thought that was like a euphemism for what I'm going to get up no, to later. No, but anyway, go for plumbing. <laughs> I'm not plugging any leaks, I don't think, Dave. But, um, ah, right, okay. So, so yeah, I wouldn't have, that wouldn't have even tripped off my tongue here anyway, the, the, the name. <laughs> I don't relate to yeah, that, to I think be honest. you must have been thinking of someone else. I was, yeah. I mean, she's not an actress I, I'm particularly familiar with, to be honest. Ah, right. Well, well, apologies. But yes, brilliant, brilliant movie. And as always, guys, like we mentioned our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash VHS Strikes Back. If you want to email a show, the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com. And if you want to follow us on social media, get over there because the wonderful John Hammond always has a rundown of each episode. I've seen Blake sneaking in there, Dave, as well, and we always have a great great bit of chat on the social media it's mainly people having a go at me because of my stupid polls where <laughs> i rigged the poll to get so i win but this time the fact that rod hull and emu are on neck and neck with myself dave is fantastic on our latest poll so get over there guys and get involved that vhs strikes back so dave i've kept you talking for long enough i'm keeping talking on purpose because what are you going to take us out with today my friend well, I am going to talk about what are we actually going to do next week, Chris? Oh, no! So we also, you know, when we have a new Patreon, we we like to, you know, make sure we get a review in early. So uh, we, we do have the Patreons on, like, a rotation. But next week is uh, Lucky Lulu Green. And, Chris, we are going to be two for two, I am pretty sure, because this one is another classic starring Mr. Swayze himself. And also, Keanu Reeves, Chris. <gasps> this is... Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Wow. Are you all right there? You <laughs> check your trousers. <laughs> no, that was a bit long for me, Dave. But um, this is down to... No, hang on. But I was going to say something. We don't want to make sense. We said, I was going to say, this film was chosen by Lucky Lulu Green. I was about to say this was made, this was because of Lucky Lulu Green, not my reaction. The fact that she's picked it, Dave, another Patreon pick. <laughs> This is David Brent. Yes. Do you want to just keep on digging there? A good idea is a good idea forever. (laughs) Well, Chris, this is the 1991 American action crime film Point Break. And let's get into the trailer. The ultimate rush. Nothing that comes close to it. Not even sex. We are the ex-president. Total commitment. It's a real thin line between 
in life and death. I'm not a crook. Not tragic to die doing what you love. If you want the ultimate, you gotta be willing to pay the ultimate price. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, and please don't forget to vote. You wanna nail the bank robbers and be a big hero? Definitely. The ex-presidents are surfers. You're trying to tell me the FBI is going to pay me to learn to surf. Fear causes hesitation. Hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. We'll take you to the edge. Past it. This is gonna be a great day, Johnny. Think taxpayers of Lancet, Utah, if they knew that they were paying a federal agent to surf and pick up girls? Babes. Big one. The correct term is babes, sir. Now, Chris, I think we are, both of us, we're going to be gushing. It has been a good few years since I've watched this, but I do have very, very fond memories of it, uh, which I'll talk about next week. But what I've done there, Chris, is the old switcheroo, and I'm going to ask you, how are you going to finish us <laughs> off this week? <laughs> Well, I've got a quote here, Dave, but it may be just about on the border. So before I say this, I'm, you may be editing oh, don't this. Don't fucking tell a Sicilian story for fuck's sake. No, no. But this is quite appropriate for me, Dave. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get back to full fitness. I'm trying to get the cheekbones back. It's it's a bit of a slow process, but I'm trying to get them back, Dave. So <laughs> me too. I'm going with uh, Drexler's uh, line in the film, Dave, and he simply says. I mean, I could do a Steven Seagal. We didn't mention Seagal's Jamaican accent. Maybe that's what he was going for, oh, Dave. Or maybe Jesus this inspired Seagal. Strut. So, <laughs> but he does say, now I know that I'm pretty, but I'm not as pretty as a pair of titties, Dave. <laughs> Very good. Bye now. Bye. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'll be back. That's not. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. Go for it. Well, here we go. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't nothing. You must be crazy or something. I'm crazy. You're just a stupid Yeah, maybe you stupid. crazy. You ain't breathing heavy. He's a fool. He's stupid. I see you in six months. I must break.